Hello, and welcome to the Crystal Clear Watchmaking Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host, Jay, after two months of radio silence. How you doing, Jay? Two, two long months. Crazy. <laughs> it is awesome to be back, though. Yeah, it's talking about watches and during all this time of 2020, it's been crazy. It has been a pretty crazy year. We are drawing to the end of it, though. Um, we are. Now it's the holiday season here in the U.S. Now, yeah. Now there has been so much watch news um, since we stopped. I feel like most of it is not worth talking about because you know it's old watch news now. You know. Well, I mean, we we haven't covered it yet, so might as well get into it. You want to do watch news? Do you Quickly. have watch news for us? Actually, I don't. I mean, I I'm sure whatever. <laughs> I've seen some stuff here and there. I mean, we talked about the last Rolex release. That was the big watch news that I've seen come across. Right. I think there's a new Snoopy Speedmaster and stuff. Okay. If we're going to do watch news, I saw that. I have one. Okay. Um, and okay. this one's actually recent. So I feel like um, I feel like it's fair game. Um, okay. Do you remember brew watches that we've talked about a couple times? I do not refresh my memory. I'm just gonna refresh your memory by sending you the link here, um, because the design is very—I uh, don't know what you say. It's very unique. So, you recognize this brand? I don't, but it looks cool. Did we talk about this brand? I think like oh. we did at least once. I'm not even sure about. Oh, it looks twice. really cool. Okay. You know what it reminds me of off, right off the bat is an Apple Watch. The shape. I but the, but I'm sure the Apple Watch. Coming. I should have seen that coming. Yeah. Uh, but people really like those retrographs at the bottom when you scroll down. Um, yeah. And those, if I'm remembering correctly, are with the Seiko. Um, uh, why am I forgetting the word here? Um, but the chronograph that is um, mechanical on the top and quartz on the bottom. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. But if you look at the first four watches here, they released this line, the Retromatic. So I like those the best, just right off the bat. They're, they're the simplest, and they're, to me, they look the best. They look like a completely different company made the, these forks. Those other ones look, even at the thumbnails, they look. It looks like they're either zoomed in or like way bigger than the, the Retromatic. For some reason, they they are more like zoomed out, like they're showing the whole like bracelet there yeah. or whatever. They they makes it look so much better. Now, the dial on these guys, if you click on it, the other weird thing is the color actually changes what's in the watch. Some of them are NH35s from Seiko, and some of them are Salita right. movements, depending on which color yeah, dial you I'm pick. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> it is. Um, so, so which is better, Salita or the Seiko movement? Uh, I'd say Salita. I, here's the thing. The Seiko... The Salita ones cost more, too. The Seiko what? The Salita ones cost more. Yeah, as they should, because Salita is Swiss-made. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. I would say, I would say, you know, you could say the Salita's better, and I think that would be fair, and all that, but the NH35 is just, like, a ridiculous workhorse. Like, it just does not break down. So... Yeah. It definitely deserves good... So, I would buy it either way. I personally... I would. So, would you save the seventy bucks to buy the Seiko one, or would you? 
spend 70 to get this elite one. Well, it's a weird thing because it's based on color here. Now, let me... Okay, but, but, but let's say it wasn't based on color. Let's say it was just based on the movement. Well, let me describe this for a second for our listeners. Okay. So we've got like an almost square uh, watch. It's got curved... It's got rounded edges, right? Um, yeah. It's on a steel bracelet that is not oyster, actually. It's... um. I don't even know what you call that. <laughs> um, all the links um, are connected to each other on the back of the bracelet. You can't actually see the interlocking um, based on what you see on the front. Um, it's like a parallel bar bracelet. You see it so infrequently. I don't even know what it's nicknamed, honestly. Well, if people want a visualization, and, I, and you're going to hate me for this reference again, but it looks like the Apple Watch stainless steel bracelet. Oh, does Almost the Apple exactly. Watch stainless steel do that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about how the links work. Yeah, but the exterior looks exactly the same. Mm. So anyway, then the, it's got um, very fine um, minute track that does um, fifths of a second is, is what it's marked for. The interesting thing is it's got the, the date at six, and it's got a dial, which is like a waffle dial, where they've drilled holes in it um at a, did you know they actually drilled holes in it or are you just guessing it's actually drilled wow like they could have stamped this but the drilling makes the holes like super crisp on the edges you know and it's actually in two layers so there is one layer where they drilled literally hundreds of holes in the front. I don't know how you do that at any sort of reasonable pace. I'm sure there's some process that I'm unaware of. But they've got the hundreds of holes all cut in the dial, and then they've got another very thin sheet of metal behind that, so you can't see the movement through the holes. It's just a very fun texture. You, you know what look I think they went, they're going for is like an old speaker. Like, it does kind of like, remind me of that. What, you know, this guy, it's called Brew Watches. Everything is supposedly uh, coffee-inspired. Apparently some, like, uh, older, well-made espresso machines or something had this kind of, like, grill in the side of them to let out steam or something. Interesting. Huh. But it's got baton hands. Um, it's got not a lollipop, but, like, a stop sign hand. I don't know what you, what you call that exactly. And it comes in green, red, blue, and black. I personally like the green one the best, just as far as the colorways go. Interesting. I, I was going to say, because because we were saying that the movement, the Salido ones cost more, right? Yeah. And the Salido ones come in the blue and the black. Yeah. And the and the Seiko ones come in the green and the red. But to me, I find the blue and the black better looking. And I, and I almost feel like they put the Salido movement in the more quote-unquote premium colors. I think blue is a bigger seller. Blue is a big seller, and black is like very common. To me, it's not... I feel like you're picking up on something very strongly here. There is a marketing choice here. The colors that people are more yes. likely to pick are more expensive, and then you get yes, to yes. justify it very reasonably because the movement is that much more expensive. But he's basically saying, yeah. I'm going to have a, a price difference. If I'm going to have to have a price difference... I want to give people the little bit extra thing that they want, which is the dial color in the more expensive one. Yeah, or or if, or if you want to be, you know, contrarian, it's that uh, they can upsell the nicer colors or the more popular colors. 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the margin was even was actually bigger on the NH35 ones. Because those are a dime a dozen. The Salidas, they actually have to spend oh, yeah. money on. But here's another thing to note, and I'm sure you've noticed this too. The case backs are different on both of them. Do they not show the case back on the NH35 ones? They show it, but it's different than the ones than the Salida ones. Oh, it's just a tiny little one. And then on the Salida ones, it's yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah. it's a Swiss movement. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's, I, I would... I would say it's a nicer case back on the Salido ones because it's showing more. Yeah, the wow, that is really interesting. So yeah, it's almost like they're both called retrographs, but there's like enough differences between them. They almost look like slightly different generations of the same watch or something. From the front, besides the color, they look exactly the same. Exactly. And I like the green one best. You like the uh, the blue and the black? I like the blue and the black, yeah. If you had to pick between them, which one would you pick? I would pick, ooh, that's a tough one, probably the black. I think that's a pretty solid choice. I think I'd go green, and I'm not always on green dial watches, but this one, it really strikes me in a good way. Yeah, I mean, green is like, uh, it's it, definitely the red's the worst one, so, <laughs> to, to, to me. I think, you know, this is speaking as somebody who I would literally wear, like, if I had the kind of money, right, my style is yeah. that I don't care about style. So I'd wear like a $500,000 dress watch in like a crappy t-shirt and like exercise pants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's me. Yeah, yeah. But I think the the red or as they call it burgundy one, I think it is probably the hardest one to like match with things if you're really into fashion, you know? Yeah, yeah. And another interesting thing is the red one's the only one where the second hand is not yellow. Yeah. Just white, like the other hands. Yeah, I think maybe it's because yellow and red might not look too good on, on each other. Yeah, it will clash. Yeah, but I have to say, I actually like this watch release overall. This is, this is like thumbs up from me. Oh yeah, it looks really nice. It's too bad. I mean, it's a pretty, probably a small watch company. I mean, they don't have their own in-house movement, obviously. Yeah, yeah. These guys are these guys are pretty small. I want to say that they're from the U.S. too. I I I think you I think you're right too, because the shipping is from FedEx in the within the U.S. Ah, okay, gotcha. Um, the other interesting thing is, you know, when you scroll down from the product page, it gives you that little schematic of the size of the watch. Uh, let me take a quick uh, peek here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So. They kind of lifted that off Apple's Apple Watch. If you go to an Apple Watch, it has that similar diagram with sizes. Really? Because this is like, yeah. usually on, for watches, everyone kind of like, they kind of like know. Like if you say 40 yeah. millimeter, 20 millimeter lugs, so exactly. tall. Like nobody yeah. needs a diagram literally showing you what that is. Like, yeah, we know. That is yeah. that is kind of an interesting thing that you point out. Yeah, you don't see that around much. Yeah, and you, it's like very like clean. You know, it's very uh, technical looking. Yeah, although I have to say, I'm I'm looking at it on my 4K screen, and it looks like a little <laughs> blurry. It probably looks great on a phone though. It looks blurry. It, I'm I'm on a 1440p screen. It looks pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, just saying slightly blurry. I'm not saying like. The end of the world. Yeah. The lines could be sharper on my screen. But anyway, that is so unimportant. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a flex right there, 4K screen. Yeah, my screen's just so high resolution. So, in order to squeeze in a little bit of news, I think this one is reasonable to bring up, because I actually like this release, and when you do scroll down and look at it, that dial is pretty darn interesting. Yeah, and and the price is really, that's good value. Yeah, I think keeping it under $500, and it's like, pretty unique like you know that this guy he couldn't just go to like some chinese um like watch part maker and just like pick all the parts that were already sitting there you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah yeah this was actually you know designed and produced you know from his mind yeah it's it's, yeah i I agree very nice looking all righty so do you want to get on sapphire glass too yeah Sorry. Yep, exactly like we want. Do you want to do you want to move to our topic for the day? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, now I think our next episode is going to be a little bit of a technical episode, but for this one, when we're just getting our feet under each other, under ourselves again, <laughs> um, thought I'd <laughs> do a little bit of an things. easy one. Yeah. So we're gonna do five watches. Now here's the thing: we've done stuff like five watches with unlimited budget, five watches with, you know. <laughs> x budget and you have to split it up here we're talking five watches what are we actually looking at like what are we actually considering buying in our lives right now what what do we keep on looking at online and like damn i need to buy that sometimes (laughs) you know that sort of thing yeah and they don't have to be super expensive they could just be like just something that you just keep going to their page just going to you're going to look at it yeah yeah so what do you have on that list? Number one for you. Okay, well, I'm sure you can guess uh, my number one is the Pat- Patek Nautilus. And you're actually like considering buying it? <laughs> no, it's just one of those watches that the closest I'll ever be to it is just looking at it online. <laughs> so that's just, you know. But yeah, you know what's interesting, though, is that just, you know, I mean, everyone's familiar with this watch. There's not much to say. It looks... You know, it actually looks a little bit like it's got the shape of that brew watch. It's, it's not the exact shape, but it's not round. Like, it's not perfectly I round. I see what you're saying. Yep. And the blue is there, you know, the stainless steel bracelet. Um, not exact, obviously, but, you know, like like one's like a, uh, what, on the secondary market, a hundred, almost $100,000 watch or something. So. That's like 70, 100. I, like, I don't even look at the secondary market for watches like that because it's so meaningless to me. Like, it's just like... I know, but you could say the same thing is for the retail market. It's useless because you're never going to get it retail. That is very true. That is very true. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is, and this is a bit of a sidebar, I wonder what the luxury watch market is like with COVID. I wonder if it's gone down because... You know, where, where, do you, where, where are people wearing watches now? You know, like... You I've know, heard go, some people, people say that it's that it's actually, you know, and I don't have a big view into the retail industry, but I have heard a couple of people say that it's actually going pretty hot. And, really? And they're speculating that maybe it's just like boredom purchasing. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, you know what I'm that's, that's entirely possible. But my my only data point is that I got called to get my tutor. I mean, there's no way that my tutor at Black Bay 50 is no way in the same class as, a, as the Nautilus. But I got like, I, you know, coincidentally or not, I got called in to buy it during COVID. So yeah, though they did I'm call sure. you after the amount of time that they told you that they'd call you, right? 
a little bit after <laughs> maybe like a month after but yeah very close yeah so here i'll i'll do mine this one is is pretty okay. weird i'm gonna start on an unusual one here technically this is vintage okay or something like that it was released 20 years ago um and it's a king seiko reissue okay Oh, reissue. How can they reissue? Okay. Well, it's so weird because King Seiko got um, retired uh, when Quartz came out, right? Right. And then they never revived it, okay? And for some reason in the year 2000, they were like, oh, let's celebrate some Seiko history. Let's reissue a King Seiko. It looks really nice. So it's a King Seiko, except it's got a sapphire crystal um and the one piece in the movement which was always plastic which is just ridiculous um they switched over to metal so it doesn't have that problem anymore and yeah i feel like the most insane thing about this watch is that they actually put the original movement in it that's cool like this is like when omega put the 321 in the Speedmaster, and everyone was like, oh my god, remaking this old movement, so much effort, blah, blah, blah. King Seiko, it was just like a one-year limited edition release, and they just like took out all their old uh, like drawings and stuff of this old movement, and were like, let's make this movement again. We'll just make a few thousand of them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I'm pretty sure that that made no financial sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our, so for our listeners out there, the model number is is uh, the King Seiko SCVN001. Uh, yeah, and which I have to say, that model number is very cool. Like it's very clean. It's like zero zero one SCVN. Yeah, I don't. I've never even seen S SCVN. I don't know if that was just the historical collection. And you know, the other weird thing about the historical collection is, if I'm remembering correctly. They did not include a Grand Seiko in the historical collection, only a King Seiko. Uh. But, I mean, it's just so crazy that they remade the original movement and everything. The case is the exact same shape. It would literally confuse anyone if it weren't for the case back. And the case back says uh, historical collection on it. So this came out 20 years ago, you said? Yeah, but it's a reissue of something from the 60s. This historical collection watch was just released for one year. Ah, okay. And I've seen, like, a couple of good examples on eBay, and that's it. And they're, like, way, I have to say, they are overpriced. (laughs) What what are they, what's the range? A good example is, like, $2,000. Oh, okay. Which I could buy just, like, an original King Seiko and just, like, work on it. Maybe throw in a sapphire crystal and, you know... Call it a day. Yeah, for less than half the price. So... Yeah, but a lot of people aren't going to do that. They just want to buy it and be done with it. Yeah, and I do think that this is, like, hella cool. Like, even the medallion on the back is gold again, and they made it... What I've heard is that the medallion is thicker, so that um, right some of the old medallions from the original ones, like almost look like they're sort of peeling off like they're not very good at sticking to the case because they're a little bit thin and these ones are more robust it's a very like 
clean looking watch like if if people didn't if someone didn't know it'd be just like just like you know just any old watch yeah it doesn't jump out at you it doesn't yeah very very uh japanese aesthetic minimalist yeah so this is the first one on my list i don't know do you consider this vintage because it's 20 years old or it's only 20 years old and it's it's a vintage reissue where do you stand on that well i'd say it's uh i mean first of all that whole definite like it's kind of like gray line-ish at some point, like subjective. I I would say it's vintage because for one thing, there is no more King Seiko. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it, it, it actually has the vintage feel and it doesn't even have the reissue feel. It almost is yeah. like just a vintage watch. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that old, but... I mean, I, I, I would, I would, I would say it's vintage. All right. So, do you want to give us your second watch? Okay. So my second watch, and this kind of is a good lead-in from this King Seiko. It's not really a watch model in particular. It's just Grand Seiko watches in general. I always go to their website and just to look at them, and I always like you know find one or two I like, and I'm and I always say to myself, one day I I should get a Grand Seiko. <laughs> and they're they're all like you know like pretty nice looking they're they're clean and just you know there's always one or two i'll, I'll just look at it and be like I, I could see myself wearing that i do the same thing i do the same thing you know you know what i mean do you do the uh sort of like you're only looking at spring drive because that's like the grand seiko thing or are you looking at their like high beat watches and stuff too yeah no i uh i definitely filter down to spring drive and smaller case size yeah yeah and and there's they're always like because you know grand seiko you you and i both know they have always a lot of limited editions um mm-hmm. they yeah you know, they change out a lot so although i like their limited editions better than for example speedmaster limited editions because the yeah, limited editions sure, sure. are just new watches they're not like a different dial color and that's it usually it's just like a whole new watch practically <laughs> Yeah, for example, I'll show you this one I just saw. This is a uh, 60th anniversary one, a high beat 60th anniversary one, and it looks really nice, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, these ones, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the Grand Seiko SLGH 003 60th anniversary dual impulse escapement. Maybe you could tell us more of what that is. Why is that such a big deal? Um, so basically, the they just came out with this escapement recently. And by the way, if you look at that balance wheel, it is wild. But they just came out with this escapement in the last like year or two, I want to say. And basically, they came up with a way where normally in like a Swiss lever escapement, you've got um, you've got your pallet fork hitting the roller jewel and that's what moves the uh balance in this one they've got like a a weird thing where half the time it's getting hit that sort of way and then half the time it's being hit more directly down the train of wheels which is a very vague explanation honestly (laughs) but basically because it doesn't go through the pallet fork every single time it causes it to have better efficiency so they can either have more they could basically choose between having a high beat rate 
um, and having it have a pretty good power reserve or a low beat rate and like a really good power reserve. Because if I remember, it's something like, I want to say like 20 to 30% more efficient as an escapement than a traditional Swiss lever. So I know that that was a very bad explanation, but I was not prepared and <laughs> King Seiko's no, really okay. people who make them. Um, but it's, I it's, would say... It's a very uh, cool cool looking you know when if you look at guys look at the diagram on on uh if you guys look, research this watch you can, it's you can, it's a lot easier to picture in your head yeah and the i have to say the case back like just the architecture of this watch is really pretty yeah the front is like super clear was well, not there's some wording but it's just the color combination with the red second hands is just really nice yeah and I just feel like King Seiko is the king of dials, just straight up. Grand Seiko? Oh, sorry, Grand Seiko. I guess it's... Grand Seiko. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Seiko is just the king of dials, and I don't think anyone could take that away from him. Yeah. Um, 80-hour... Uh, it's got 80-hour power reserve, too. Yeah, that's pretty good, despite being a high beat, which takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So yeah. they could probably accomplish that because of the more efficient um, escapement that they've got. Okay. That makes sense. There you go. Yeah, whereas Rolex has done something similar um, in terms of increasing their power reserve in recent years, but they've done a lot of stuff like making the the walls of the barrel like so ridiculously thin and like <laughs> trying to work within the, within the Swiss lever escapement um, instead of here, they've sort of just said, let's let's innovate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think both so, both are pretty cool. Like I like the Swiss lever escapement and that it's so well known that it'll always be repairable, et cetera, et cetera. Um yeah. but I also like the innovation too. Yeah. It, I mean it's 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 I, I you know you know me, I like that it doesn't have that spring drive meter on the dial. <laughs> the power reserve. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Power reserve. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But anyways, Grand Seiko as a whole always got always looking at it all right well i will share my next one here so my next one is the oris big crown pointer date okay and this is just like a pretty darn cool watch in in a lot of ways one thing is oris this isn't like a vintage reissue in any way Oris has been making the pointer date continuously since it was first introduced in like 1930, whatever. They've always had a pointer date. Um, okay. I think it's kind of funny because it's it's a pilot's watch, right? That's why it's got the big right. crown so you can grab it while you've got your aviator gloves on or whatever. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have some of the things that pilot watches have like GMT hands or bezels or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't look like your run-of-the-mill GMT. No, because it's not a GMT at all. And it's, yeah. it's, and so in some ways, it kind of has a more field-watchy vibe to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of pilot-watchy. It's, it's 100% pilot-watch because that's literally what it was designed for. But at the same yeah. time, it's also a little bit field-watchy. Then it's got the... Um, I don't even know what you call it. It looks like a rope bezel on there. It's almost like a little bit of dress watch flare or something in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just got like a really interesting vibe. 
into people who don't know what it looks like. Um, it's kind of got like pseudo Mercedes hands. Um, it looks like it's squished. Yeah, it looks That's like a squished Mercedes hands for the hour yeah. hand. Um, it's got a syringe hand for the minute hand, and then just a regular seconds hand. And then it's and then the part where it says pointer date. Basically, the lowest hand is a date hand that's centrally located and points to the date on the outside of the ring with a little um, red indicator. I don't think I've ever... That's pretty unique, pointer date. Yeah. I I really like the pointer date. And when you look at the price, it's like... It's a Swiss watch. It's pretty affordable, especially considering how... um, how historical it is. It's been around, you know? It's not just, like, something that they're trying out because it's 2020 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and I also like that it's, like, it looks big in that first picture, but it's actually only 40, mil- 40 millimeters. Yeah. So. And they, they also come in 36s, and they come in bronze. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They also come on a bracelet, which for people who are really into bracelets, awesome. <sighs> I'm personally not a bracelet guy, so I would just get it on the leather. On the leather? Yeah, and I'd just switch it to something else pretty soon anyway, right? And a leather band, if you're wearing it really often, isn't going to last longer than two years before it kind of needs a switch anyway. Right. I, I, I like the case back. Uh, it's got like that red The Oris part on red it. rotor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah, when you scroll down, you can look at the printing on the dial. It's pretty darn clean and it's also got one of those things that almost none of my watches have which is loom it does have loom dial and hands <laughs> loom is useful yeah and i think that i would get this model which is um the steel and uh like gray blue dial i think it looks great they yeah. also have it in bronze i just i just haven't gotten into the whole bronze thing I think that they look you're good not, on other people, if that makes sense. You're not in the bronze age yet? No. But they do have a bronze green dial pointer date that looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they all look really clean. But I agree with you. The one on the uh, on the bracelet looks like out of place almost. I think the bracelet... I mean, to be fair, this design was designed for pilots... Back in the day, there was no bracelet. Yeah. Um, so trying to like take that design and then put the bracelet on is a little bit of a challenge. I think the bracelet one can look good, and it also depends maybe on the person wearing it. What I would say about the bracelet is, is that it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it doesn't fit the watch. Like it's like not even with the lugs or anything. It does look like mm-hmm. it belongs on the watch. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's basically like a like a jubilee bracelet. Yeah, it's got a little bit more of that that sort of vibe. It it brings a little bit more of a maybe like a little bit of dressiness to it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love the pointer date, and I would not be surprised if a pointer date ended up in my collection. The interesting thing about Oris is that they just released um, a new caliber, and yeah. I think that caliber right now they've only got it in their dive watch, but they're they're planning on making it the basis of the brand for a while. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so I it's I assume that the pointer date they've been making the pointer date 
for literally almost 100 years now. There's no way that they just forgot about that while they were making this <laughs> uh, this caliber. So I can guarantee you that caliber, caliber is going to come to the pointer date at some point. And the caliber... Well, the thing is... Yeah, sorry. The thing about the caliber is, though, it bumps up the price like a lot. So even when yeah. the new caliber goes into the pointer date, I'm not even sure that you want it. Like the this pointer date is pretty it's pretty awesome. So I don't even yeah. know that I need the new caliber if I'm going to be spending like another 1000 or whatever, you know. Well, I was just going to say we don't maybe it's just pointer date is not popular for them like, you know, in terms of sales. Um, you know. It might be one of the last things to get the new caliber. Yeah. It it might be a good 2 or 3 years before we see the pointer date with the new caliber. Well, well, it, it'll definitely be more expensive if it gets the new caliber. Yep, yep. And that's why, I mean, it might even be worth just picking one up now. Like, who cares about the new caliber? Yeah, exactly. This thing already works great, and it is, like, such a deal. It's like a Swiss watch with great history, awesome design. It's, like, unique and cool, yeah. and it's under $2,000 from their website like you're not getting any deal and it's under two thousand dollars would you say you're a fan of oris because you've linked to oris watches before i i mean you you've you've talked about them kind of when we've done something similar in terms of like so what are some watches you like or would like to get well the thing about oris is i feel like they're never totally unreasonable in what they ask of the of the buyer you know yeah everything yeah. is like not priced to move necessarily but like very fair you know what i'm saying right yeah and so i good value yeah what you're saying i do like that um i don't okay. think i'm a brand fan in je- like overall like i am of grand seiko for example yeah um but the one thing that i am a big fan of is the pointer date like, if I just owned okay. one Oris watch, it would be the pointer date, and I probably wouldn't own two Oris watches. It's really the only one I really want. <laughs> You'd be done. That's it. Yeah. So speaking of Oris, and this is not this is not one of my watches, but we've talked about the Oris Big Crown Pro Pilot, you know, with the skeleton. Yeah, dial. yeah. Pro Pilot X. The Pro Pilot X. That's, that's just looking at this watch is one of those watches when it first came out that I'd always look at and be like, it looks so cool, uh, 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 you know, in pictures. But then, you know, it's it's actually quite big at forty four millimeters. But that's like the one Oris watch that I think looks pretty cool. You know, the thing about it is, is like when it first came out, everyone was kind of shitting on it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's what I saw online. It, it looks really cool to me. It looks cool. Yeah, to me, I never got that, like, why are we so angry about this? And, like, the more that I look at it, the more that I agree with myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, just, I think it looks pretty darn good. <laughs> I have nothing against the uh, the ProPilot X. But besides it being big, so personally for me, I wouldn't get it, but it looks really cool to me. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the ProPilot X is is it's just expensive enough that there's so many other watches where if I was spending that kind of money, they would be at the top of my list, you know? Yeah. So I'm never, ever going to buy this, even if I had, like, bazillions. But if someone loves us, like, the look of this, 
I totally understand. I think it looks great. Yeah, I don't think it looks good. I mean, it's not the most readable watch, and that's just by the nature of skeleton dials, but it's, you know, it looks nice. It's one of the few watches that is literally more legible in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can even tell from the pictures. It's like, oh, so that's what time it is. <laughs> All right, so what's your third watch, buddy? Okay, so my third watch is, and this might, uh, it's the Rolex Daytona Paul Newman edition. Uh-huh. So let me tell you why I put this on my list. This is one of those watches where when I first, I mean, everyone knows this watch. It's arguably the most expensive watch in the world going by what it sold for. Um, you mean you literally want the one that he wore? No, no. This is this is where I'm going with this. When I first got into watches, you know, this is one of the first watches, you know, if you ever get into Rolex, which everyone most certainly does, you're like, oh, this is like, you know, the halo watch of like, you know this is like their legendary watch but i was never like a huge fan of it like i I never understood why it got a so popular and why is it so expensive it's like i i like you know like why like so i i know this list is like kind of like most of them are watches we want but this is kind of like one of the watches that i just find intriguing because it's so expensive but one that that i'm like just don't understand why it's so popular and you know uh, so so wanted you know so sought after yeah i wonder yeah i'm just not that i don't get it <laughs> yeah like it's okay so so you so okay like you know i i don't know why it's like millions of dollars for this and, and to me it why 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 the paul newman is it is it the font is it the 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 white like why why paul newman is it that expensive so i guess my question is why is it on your list you keep looking at this i keep looking at it because i always want i I, i'm always interested like why is this so like valued you know so that's why it's on my list from time to time you know you see it in the news a lot and then and then you see it you know you see it on youtube videos and you're like okay like and then I'll always look at it. So it's not like I hate the watch. I don't hate it. It's just, it's just, it's always, it's intriguing in that way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I can explain the love of the Daytona, literally any of the Daytonas. It, I wonder if to me, you know, there's some things where you look at them every day or you, you've yeah. just seen them a lot and you just don't see the magic anymore. Even if it's, if it is a great thing. Maybe yeah. you've just seen it too much, and it just there's nothing exciting there anymore for you anymore. But for me, the Daytonas, they do nothing for me. Yeah, and yet, and yet, like I said, this is this goes at auctions, but that's the most expensive, probably the most expensive watch out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and 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 for I mean, I don't know the exact history, but I don't think it was that popular when it first came out. It was only popular because. Paul Newman wore it in some magazine. It wasn't. It, the, the, it's some the Italian Daytona magazine. in general was unpopular is my understanding. And they would be kind of used as like, jewelers would be like, okay, you're buying this really like nice thing. Here, if you want for an extra thousand dollars, I'll just throw in this watch. You want you want a Rolex? We'll just throw it in. Extra really? Thousand. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Daytona's just like, we're not popular. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, like the Paul Newman dial. It's like the font 
in the dial doesn't even match the font of 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 the uh, of the bezel. Like it, you know, hmm. so it's like it's really weird to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say about the Daytona. I mean, look, I do find it intriguing though because it is like you know, again, if you're into watch collecting. It is like everyone knows about it. If, like you just have to say Paul Newman. You don't have to say Rolex or Daytona. Everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I feel like I'm piggybacking off of your list a little bit with my next one. Is is that okay? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's one. Come along for the ride. Nobody will be shocked. Nobody will be amazed. <laughs> I'm just posting Grand Seiko Snowflake. All right. For anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. It's like dress watch, spring drive. You have to just look it up. Nobody can fully explain to you what the snowflake dial looks like. What I will say is, is that the best images of this are not taken by Seiko. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very famous. Yeah. And, you know, I just love this freaking watch. And it's one of the few watches that I'd consider wearing on a band, but... I mean, on a bracelet, but let's be honest. I'm just going to take it off of the bracelet anyway and put it on some leather <laughs> or something. Um, but I just keep on looking at it. Now, here's the thing. We talked about the big crown and how I'm like, you know, I don't even know if the new movement, I would want it, you know, um, yeah, yeah. just because of the price bump and am I getting that much. With yeah. this watch, I do have hopes of a new movement. And that's, really? What, why would you say that? Well, they've released a spring drive where the power reserve is on the case back. Uh, what? And so... like, okay. See, I, I like that better, but it's just so weird. Yeah, so if they do that, if they move it to the back and they re-release this watch with no power reserve, can you imagine how ridiculously sexy that watch would be? That's what I've been saying all along. Haven't I been saying I don't like the power reserve on the front? <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's actually <laughs> hope that your dream comes true. <laughs> you see, the, the, the Grand Seiko is aligned with my you know thoughts here. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, there's also a manual wind spring drive that's come out in just a few watches, I believe. Because um, manual wind is not that popular outside of like like soup like if you buy the most high end watches where you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. almost all of them are manual wind you know right yeah yeah or micro rotor it's rare that you see a full size rotor on one of those guys there's lots yeah. of manual wind going on i mean there's manual wind on perpetual calendars at that price which is just like yeah that's the one complication where it's like you always want to make sure that it's always topped up with power yeah um but anyway I don't like if if somebody from Grand Seiko like sat me down and signed a document that said that they would never put the new movement in this watch. I'd be like, whatever. It's a like nine point <laughs> nine out of ten gorgeous watch. I'll just buy it with the yeah with the power reserve. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. But so so let me ask you, you, you you never pointed out the power reserve dial as something you dislike. Is it so you actually prefer it not to be on the dial? Well, either. here's the thing is I don't dislike it. Okay. It's not a negative, but it's not but I feel like if it wasn't there, you'd just get more symmetry 
more of that dial texture, that can't be a You're bad just get a thing. Just a cleaner dial. Yeah. Can't be a bad thing. Especially like on the snowflake dial, like the more the less you break it up, the nicer it's going to look. Absolutely. Um and if they do do a reissue of this um with the thing removed, I wonder if Grand Seiko is going to move to just the GS. Right. All right. I don't I don't think they will. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that would be cool. I mean, the text of Grand Seiko, like those words in that text, is actually really handsome. Yeah. So I'm not even sure that I'd want them to get rid of it. Like the text, just the text you're talking about. Yeah, the words Grand Seiko on the dial. I think that, okay. that that text is like really handsome and nice. So I'm not even sure that I want it gone, frankly. Right. But right. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting to see it not there. Or for them to get rid of the GS and just have the word Grand Seiko. Ugh, I don't know if that you would You don't be like good, that. But no. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because of the curve of the watch, having something small on top of something a little longer looks good. That yeah. might make sense. Yeah. But 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 definitely the spring drive part will be gone, right? If the spring drive moves to the back, which is like, that's even, even cleaner on the bottom at the six. Oh, I mean... I think it would still say spring drive on the front. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it would still be, uh, yeah, it would, it would still be spring drive. But it would it would look kind of, I don't know. You think it'd look out of place without the power reserve dial there? Just a spring drive by itself? Well, here, I've actually got a watch to show you. That's an example. Here you go. You tell me if it looks weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to saying automatic there, but. Right. Yeah. But it's just because I've seen automatic. So many, so you know, spring drive is like a Grand Seiko only thing. So yeah, I think yeah, I think it looks good. I think there's got to be something there. You're right. Yeah, just to balance out the text at the top, and you know, spring yeah. drive is not one of those things that I feel is is lame. Like when I see the no. when I see like how many meters or the fact that it's automatic or whatever, that is so yeah. uninteresting to me. There's nothing special about that. When I see spring drive. Right. That is a unique thing that's <laughs> worth putting on your dial. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like it's earned its place. Yeah. Um, and that's not to uh, to poo-poo the uh, big crown pointer date because that does say automatic on it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so the spring drive, uh, I mean the snowflake, it's one that I look at and I look at and I look at and I just think, what if it cost... Even if it was like $700 more, but it was a re-release, I think I'd just go for the re-release. So, so you'd think about actually, you'd actually consider buying it? If it gets re-released, yeah. I'm going to do like a firm or like a loan, <laughs> <laughs> whatever needs to happen. Yeah. Um, whatever it needs, you need to get it into your hand. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, if it gets re-released like that, it will immediately jump to the very top of, of what I want. Immediately. Okay. And it's already kind of on the top of what I want. So if it gets re-released, right. we're, we're moving heaven and earth to make it happen. Yeah. I still like that SLGH, that, that you know, that's the, the, the dual escapement the thing that I was showing you. Yeah. And they've got a lot of really nice um, automatic watches, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the best things in their connect collection don't have spring drive. That is 
That's yeah. just a fact. They have a lot of really gorgeous dials that are their just high beat watches. And I like them too. Um, yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you their like, their, 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 how do I say this? Their like muscle power. They got, you know, they got all these things, forgetting spring drive, they got all this nice stuff. But then they have spring drive, which is like, you know, amazing. Yeah, like I could very much see a world. Like I told you with Oris, all I want is a big Crown yeah. Pointer date. I don't want another Oris watch. I can see a world yeah. where I own a Grand Seiko Spring Drive and a Grand Seiko High Beat. Yeah, yeah. That just just totally because happen. they're so different. Like they they they're such have good such mo- mo- such good models on both sides. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well enough g- gushing about Grand Seiko. <laughs> what is your next one? <laughs> Okay, so my next one that I've always looked at is uh, that Bulgari Octo Finissimo. Ah, uh, yes. You, do you need a link? You know, you well just throw it at me because I'll be able to throw it in the show notes. I mean, people are f- probably familiar with this. Um, you're, so I'm. this watch interests me just because of, like, the technical... Ach- like, we've just been, like, you know, uh, talking about Grand Seiko and how technically great they are. But I find this watch to be like the thinness of it and what they can fit into it. Um, it's just amazing almost. It's like, it's a titanium. Um, and the case back and it is looks really nice. One of the most gorgeous uh, case backs for like a watch of this price. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if there's so much being shown in the, and, and you got to think in real life, it's like so thin too, which like, it's hard to convey in pictures, you know, like they try to, but until you see something like that, and then to, to know what cut that kind of engineering it takes to like put, you know, that kind of movement in there in such a thin mm-hmm. case is like, it's, let's see a thickness, 2.35 millimeters thick. Yeah. And 40 millimeter diameter. Um, I've I've tried one of these on in person and it's like really nice looking. It, it's like it's it's not even like it's like very different because every watch has like some mass, you know. Yeah. At you know, but this one it's like it's it's almost like the, the 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 case is part of the bracelet. You know, it's just like it's just like a bracelet almost that's like bulges out a little at the top and has the time on it. Yeah. Although you know what's interesting when I'm looking at it from the case back side of things. Um... When I'm looking at it from the case back, I've never actually like messed with one of these, but it looks as though it's not integrated. It looks like you could put on another strap if you wanted. You could see those spring bars there. Yeah, yeah. I think you can. But I mean, it's almost made for that strap it came with. But Yeah, if somebody made that, a strap to go on this, it'd have to be a little bit thinner than the average leather or whatever because yeah. the lugs are very thin. And, and you can see it's like got a little like L shape at the ends near the spring bar so it's like it would have to fit there perfectly mm, i think like a little i think the bracelet U-shaped. has to fit there to keep it rigid but if you're gonna have leather anyway i think you wouldn't have to oh i see i see yeah yeah just to keep it almost like part of the case right there yeah yeah i think that's why they designed that in there um they got many different models too i mean of of, the, of in this line so yeah yeah although you've kind of picked like the base model which is just an awesome model and you know the cool thing about this watch is it's one of those aspirational watches where if you want it like really want it and it's just the one thing in your whole life that will make you happy although i have to say buying things is usually not going to actually fix all your life problems (laughs) but 
If you really want it, usually it's one of those things that you could get. Just like how you can yeah, get a car if you want it, yeah. even if you don't need a new car. You know, you could take driving your same old car around. This is within the realm of actually possible, you know? Yeah. Which, for um, the people that are listening, is $15,000, basically. So it does have yeah. to be something that's budgeted for. You have to talk to your wife. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Assuming you're married. Yeah, all that. But um, yeah. it is hypothetically possible to own this watch. It's not just completely unobtainium. It's it's almost like... Uh, I, I kind of envision this watch being like a crazy sci-fi movie, you know? Like... It, like like a like a futuristic it's very futuristic but yet it's a mechanical watch you know yeah i love this watch choice it's uh yeah it's it's really different is one way to put it yeah and i feel like i just flip it over and just normally i don't like rotors but <laughs> micro rotors mm, those are different <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the case back is like really nice yeah and it's obviously with micro rotor Normally, they're either gold or platinum. This one's platinum. Yeah, so that's my choice. Yeah, I mean, technically, we didn't actually describe it to anyone, but does somebody need the Octofinismo described to them? I would say the thing is, is it's got so many details that are unusual that there's not, like, nicknames for uh, some of these details. So I feel like you would just have to look it up anyway. Yeah, it's it's... It's hard to explain. Almost, it's it's the, the the first word that comes to mind when I first saw it is the thinness of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's one of its primary things. It's like if you're into that sort of aesthetic, you'd really like this. Okay, you ready to jump to my watch? Yeah. All right. So here's my fourth watch, <laughs> and it is. Oh. Do you want to tell everyone? I'm very familiar with this watch. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> the black bay 58 it is i mean it's just like a lot of watch great design 39 millimeters i mean do you want to go on for me about how great this watch is <laughs> well I'll, I'll just add really quickly since we talked about it on the uh octo finissimo it's actually not that hard to obtain nowadays it's like it's the wait lists are not that long the secondary market because it's like not that hard to get in retail the secondary market is you know people aren't gouging the price for it either it's so cooled it's down like, a little bit yeah and the price is um, just like not that bad yeah it's like it's it's something that's like you know it's not it's not like cheap but it's not like you know fifteen thousand dollars either yeah it's like cheaper than my snowflake it's like between my snowflake yeah. and my oris big crown pointer date yeah they, it, they definitely went with a vintagey vibe, which is very popular. You know that that's I think that's one of the main reasons. I, it's got so many. Uh, how do I say these features that people just want? It's like small. It's got like a nice movement. It's got you know the the vintagey vibe kind of uh, dials and things. Yeah, how is yours? Is how is yours holding up? I mean, it's mostly brushed, so I assume it still looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good, and I don't baby it. Like I, I don't put it in a case or anything. I just put it on my nightstand, and then when I want to wear it, I just it's it's you know it has no it has no date uh, uh, complication, so it's very you know quick. You just take it and set the time. That's one of the and, reasons uh, it's on my list. <laughs> I love no date. <laughs> like day date. If it has the day and the date, 
we're done. I'm not buying it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't really get you when you first said that, but now that I've have, have a day date watch A and have this watch, it's like so much easier just to throw on when you don't have to set you know three different things. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that being said, the snowflake, it's got the date. The big crown yeah. pointer date obviously has the date. The King Seiko yeah. historical collection reissue. It has the date, but yeah. you notice that none of them have the day. And if I could yeah. choose most of them to have been designed without the uh, date, I would say no date. But you know, they're just—it's <laughs> not an option. And yeah. they're so, except for the big crown pointer date, that's literally part of it. I like that it has yeah. the uh, date uh, pointer hand. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that might be one of the only things where I look at the date and I'm just like very pleased with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so different, right? I mean, it's like people wouldn't even know it's a date without like looking closely. Yeah, without paying a little bit of attention. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, now that you've had the experience, the true joy of not having a not having a, a date there, um, that is another. Part it is. Of why it like is this. a joy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also got the manual wind, which I know you like. Yeah. But I have to say, if it if we were doing like Seiko, it only has automatic wind at this price point. That'd be so <laughs> stupid and obscene. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. But yes, yeah. yes, I do like the manual wind thing. But I feel like the automatic only thing is kind of just like a vintage world thing and a stupid Seiko thing for some of their lower end stuff. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean. But yeah, still a fan. I mean, I think we've both talked about the new blue one that came out. And we don't, not big fans of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it looks fine. It's not for me. I think that it is not a good addition to the collection just because I feel like the collection should have like a more, an identity and I feel like it damages the identity, but. Yeah, I yeah. It's just like how I've criticized Seiko for making a, what is it like a four thousand dollar Seiko presage with a spring drive in it? That's just stupid. <laughs> just make it a King Seiko. I mean, make it a Grand Seiko. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing about Seiko is they just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Like they don't heavily have an identity. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I feel like they 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 do as you're saying in a way that's right. almost Invicta like, except. That yeah. the people who are throwing stuff at the wall are throwing good ideas at the wall. And Invicta is just literal, like, throwing trash at the wall. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> Man, I, but yeah. I can't believe I just compared Grand Seiko and Invicta. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, this is a great watch. It's definitely high on my list of possibilities. Yeah, you should definitely... Uh... I mean, the, the the value proposition, I'd say, is, like, very, very good. Yeah, it is it is reasonably priced, like it should be. Yeah. 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 All right, do you want to give us your last watch? Okay, the last one. You're going to be mad at me. It's going to be the, the Apple Watch. I knew it. Yes, the latest <laughs> Apple Watch. Okay, so here here here's my reasoning for having the Apple Watch on this. Wait, list. I already know. The, let me let me let me jump in. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. This is the tell newest me. one where um the newest one has the screen always on, right? Well, that they came out with that in last year's model already. So that's not the the new feature. Oh, okay. I thought that's what you're excited about. Okay, tell me what's up. 
Okay, but so that always on that's a that's a great feature, um, because as you've since you told me about your 4K monitor, you must know about refresh rates for monitors, right? Yeah, yeah. So on the always on Apple Watch, when it's always on, that lowers it automatically lowers the refresh rate as to not use so much battery. So that's like an innovation right there. Right. The other thing is the new. So the new feature, the new headline feature of this year's Apple Watch, is that, which is the Apple Watch Series Six, is that it has the blood oxygen level meter. Oh right, um, I remember this. Yeah, they have blood oxygen, yeah. and was it the last one that they had the um, the EKG? EKG. Yes. Yep. So, so, so I, I, my point being is that the Apple Watch is like continuously um innovating i have to say i mean it's like it's first of all the most popular watch in the world secondly it's you know it's 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 almost turning into like a health device like it's you know I, when i go running i wear it it, it tracks uh, so many things it's like i, I don't know it's it, it's it, as we saw from the your from that brew watch it's inspiring designs you know even though i'm sure it took the design from something else before but yeah it's you know it's, it's certainly not a very the unique... first rectangular watch <laughs> no no yeah but um yeah it's just i don't know and i mean i know like you know old school you know watch collectors just want to look down on it and but i think there's room in this world for watch collecting and watch enthusiasts to to like the apple watch as well i mean it's got you know it's got uh high-end options you know it has stainless steel ceramic options and it, like even their bands are very innovative it's you know like all of the watches that i have you know like like the tudor black bay seiko you know how long it takes to change a band and resize it it's like almost like an activity whereas yeah but an I apple wa- watch i don't mind that because i want it to be ridiculously secure for those okay watches, but the, they cost I, like five thousand dollars Okay, but the Apple Watch one is pretty. I don't. I mean, I haven't seen tests of how secure it is, but it's pretty secure. I'm, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if, it's not going to slip all the way out without you noticing. I mean, realistically, it is secure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it takes like seconds to take it out. Right. So it's like, it's very convenient, you know. And I mean, not all our watches are like you know, fifty thousand dollar watches either. So. Right. I mean, it's it's it's. You know, people use those watches to go do activities. It's like a sport. It's like you, you, people used to go running, swimming. So, Yeah, you know what um, I feel about their health stuff on these watches? Hmm. is just that they're like, kind of like, why? Like, the, the heart rate, I am totally get that. I mean, you're exercising. You want to hit those heart rate uh, percentages, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. cardio, so on and so forth. The heart rate is an old feature. And it's a great feature, and it's what you want, right? Mm-hmm. But the EKG thing is just so weird. Like, how often does your say, heart go out of rhythm? I'll, I'll tell you. It, like most people, <laughs> it will never in their whole life. <laughs> it is kind of gimmicky because it's also not constantly being monitored. Like, you have to initiate. You have check. to do it, right. And, like, when yeah. you're, if you were, like, sent home from the hospital and they wanted to, like, watch your heart... You'd be wearing a monitor that is literally watching it all the time because for people who do have arrhythmias, they can go in and out of them for short periods of time. Yeah, and and, and obviously the Apple Watch EKG uh, thing is not as accurate as a medical one. 
So there's that. Yeah, I mean, although they say that it actually, like, they did a study with it. I saw Apple in their press release that, um, I mean, it's not like a full EKG, like a real EKG. It's got, like, the 12 leads, and you can see, like, oh, this is the posterior yeah. of the heart. This is the anterior of the heart, whatever. The, exactly. It only has one angle. Yeah, it's whatever. one angle. So the one thing that it can do pretty okay is the AFib. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, like, different types of, like, heart damage. There's, like, ST elevation, uh, like, uh, myocardial infarctions or heart attacks. And for those, you could hypothetically see that on an Apple Watch. Yeah, So, but you'd have to be checking yeah. it while you're having a heart attack, right? Which, I mean, if somebody <laughs> knew that it was on their watch, they might actually do that. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? I, I think that's, yeah. Although. I mean, it's there. Yeah, but here's the thing. In general, I feel like that's a pretty useless feature, okay? I, I agree with you, but I think it's their first steps into it becoming something useful. Yeah. Like, although, like, although they, they, for the people who it's good for, every person who had undiagnosed AFib that happened to catch it on their Apple Watch, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm, right? I mean, for, for me, I used it the one time I first got the watch. I never touched it again, so... <laughs> You know. It told you there's nothing going on, right? Yeah, it's, it looks normal, but uh, if if you feel like something's up, go visit your doctor. Yeah, and then uh, this this like blood oxygen thing is just kind of weird too. Like, basically, the only people where it would be like dipping down is like super old people, people who are like asthmatics or have COPD or you know like cystic fibrosis, you know like. Yeah, it, it, like you have to kind of like have some sort of medical condition for your for your blood oxygen to go down. Like if you exercise, your heart's gonna beat harder. Your lungs are gonna take in more air. You're gonna like constrict your veins so that you're pumping more to your heart. And your blood oxygen, even if you feel winded, it's still gonna be high. It's not gonna actually drop. Yeah, which I think helps some. Speaking as a runner, I, I think it so you can calculate your VO two max is what they're saying. So, oh, I didn't see that. That helps with that. Yeah. Um, so, but like, I agree with you. Right now, it's like not that useful for everybody. But, but A, like you said for EKG, it's like there's a small subset of people, you know, that have conditions. And for them, if it's useful for them, that's good. A. B, uh, it's got to, it, it's got to be monitored, like, you know, like a 24 7 monitoring, like the heart rate thing that makes it more useful. You know, that's where it's going to, you're going to see signs of something like you can trend. But, but the, the other thing is that they're innovating. And I think what, what I've heard rumors that they're trying to get um, blood sugar level being able to get rid. That would be huge, I think. Okay. If they could do that somehow miraculously without actually sampling blood, like, yeah, like that's what they're trying to do. Diabetic has always done since forever. Yeah. That would yeah. be such an important thing. The yeah. Apple Watch would be like literally one of the most important medical devices out there. Exactly, so you don't have, have to diabetes. prick yourself. Exactly. So imagine if we got then then it's like you know different ball game. And I think Apple's trying to get there because because they're you know they have they have the R and D to do that. Um, but anyways, if they got that, that I would much. have to like fully endorse the Apple Watch in every way because <laughs> that would help so many like people we're talking like many tens of millions 
just in the U.S. Like, it's probably, yeah, many, many tens of millions. I mean, that is... I mean, even for, even for me, I just did my blood test recently. I had my annual checkup. And they needed to, my glucose level was high, so they needed to send me back to get like a like diabetes screening, which thankfully turned out negative. But if I had something like that, I would be monitoring it like all the time. You know, how useful would that be? Yep, yep. I mean, that so. is, I mean, of course, we're giving Apple credit that they have not earned. They haven't actually made no, this step. That, yeah, that, that's, I think that's that 100% true. If they figure out how to do that, that would be amazing. I have a hard time imagining how you would accomplish that without actually drawing the blood like you have to. Um, and although they're going to do it with like the same thing, like shooting a light into the blood veins and do some, something like that. But obviously it's going to be tested and like, so we'll see. I mean, if they, they do may it, not get there. If they do it. We're going to have a whole episode on how amazing Apple Watches are. <laughs> okay, you, you guys heard it here first. Luke says he will fully endorse the Apple Watch if this happens. <laughs> but as it is right now, it is obviously the best fitness device that you could own. If yes. You- I mean, they've done tests of all the fitness devices. This could be as of only last year, but it is one of the more accurate heart rate monitors of all, like, of all the Fitbits and all that stuff. Yeah. And the price is not unreasonable at $400. Is that cheaper than it used to be? Yeah, they, they, they want to get, because there's all this competition at the lower end now, so they're like making a cheaper, you know, like the cheaper version doesn't have the always on display, for example. Yeah, I thought that the, I mean, it's saying like the full Apple Watch Series 6 costs $400. Yeah, and it depends on the size too, and whether you get uh, um, LTE, because it could just be Wi-Fi only. Right. And that means it's got to always be attached to your phone. Right. Which is fine with me. I mean, realistically, you always have your phone on you. Well, see, here's where it changed from, again, in terms of exercise and running. I used to always run with my phone because I needed to be able to you know, call people in an emergency, A or B, have music, right? Right. But then I got the LTE version of that watch. I can go without my phone now. So I do not have to hold something while I'm running, which is huge if you're a runner, because now you have no- nothing in your hands. And I can stream the music and make phone calls if I need to through wireless AirPods through the watch. Right. So, you know. I mean, if the Apple Watch gets the, like, blood sugar thing. Game changer. I mean, I would endorse it so heavily I might even just freaking buy one. I don't, I don't <laughs> okay. have diabetes, but I just feel like I have to throw money at the people that are making the right decision in their R&D. Well, that that part you can already say they they're they're doing because they're already doing the R and D on that, and they have been for a while. Right. That I know for a fact. Okay. Well, I am also gonna throw you for a loop for my last choice. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Here's the link. Oh, green. I see green again. <laughs> oh, this is this is one of the. Okay, so the, uh, well, I'll let you introduce it. No, go for it. So this is the new uh, Rolex Oyster Perpetual 41 that we talked about in our last, you know, little mini 2020 Rolex release episode. And this is one of them, the green one, which you did mention in that episode, if I recall, correct? Yeah, I did say it was my favorite back then. And it's still my favorite now. I feel like it's wearing away at me slowly. Here's the things that don't wear away at me. The fact that See, here, here's what I love about the green. I feel like the green yeah. dial that's like the exact Rolex green is just so thematically perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you did, you did say that, yeah. And then 
but I mean, the things that that pull me away are the double batons, which I'm not too big of a fan of, and then, like, I feel like all the batons could just be like ten percent smaller. <laughs> um, well, it's the 2020 release, and as we've learned with the 2020 release, it's everything gets bigger. Yeah, the the price six thousand dollars. I mean. I could have an extremely sexy spring drive. So, you know, the snowflake would go before this. You know what I'm saying? But but it is it is a Rolex, so there's no replacement for that. There is no replacement for that. It all I'm saying is this is now on my radar. If I think mm. if I see things, you know, moving in my direction, you know, towards things that I like, um Yeah. I don't know. I could see myself maybe picking up a Rolex. I, I mean, it's, it would definitely not be a bad choice. I mean, Rolex is Rolex. Rolex is Rolex. And this is just one of their nicer, cleaner... I mean, everyone thinks that all watches released by Rolex are the cleanest things ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no no Day-Date, which you like? No, no Day-Date. Um, and I would say but the it's on thing a bracelet. that it's competing with... If I were to get a Rolex, the thing that I would compete with is the oyster quartz that we looked at for our weird movements episode. Man, why would you get a Rolex and then get a quartz? I mean, I, I mean, you know, like it's an oyster, quartz. especially if it's your first one. <laughs> yeah, remember, it's the one that you uh, like the Gerald um, Gentiness of the design. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's you know, like. I mean, I think for Rolex, especially if it's your first one, you should get, you know, like an automatic. Yeah. Now, here is, if I were to just come into a ton of money <laughs> for some reason and I had some itch for Rolex, I would get the Skydweller. I mean, this one definitely is like, screams, I got money. I got, you know, <laughs> more than the Oyster Perpetual. And then because I have so much money, I would defile it by removing the uh, the crystal and putting in a flat sapphire <laughs> to get rid of the People cyclops. Like, what, what did you do there? <laughs> I do like how the sky dollar at, what is this, the six, seven, the eight hand is red. It's got the little red marking there. Yeah. So the way that works is those are the months around the outside. Ah. So it kind of highlights at the edge of the index what month you're on. And then it's got um, the like 24-hour GMT thing in the center. Ah, cool. It's, it's almost like, the, it's almost like the, that Oris uh, day pointer, except it's like a month pointer. Yeah, you know, the, hand. the thing that it reminds me the most of is the uh, H. Moser Perpetual, where it's got like a tiny little hand that... Uh, just is barely sneaking out from underneath the uh, hour and uh, minute hands and points towards one of the indices to show you what month it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of the most. But yeah, it's basically like a GMT annual calendar. If I remember annual calendar, um, I'd get the one in gold with the black dial. Um, Now, would you consider the Sky Dweller a sport watch? I mean, technically, they're trying to say that it's like a pilot's watch or at least a traveler's watch. Um, but no, it has a freaking fluted bezel. <laughs> yeah. That's, 
That's what I would say. It's got a well, on the plus side, they do say non-sport Rolexes are easier to get. Like, it's the sport ones that are, like, in high demand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, so, I mean, I don't know the Rolex market, but I think it would be easier to get one of these than to get, like, a new sub. Yeah. Or, or Daytona or something like that. Way easier than a Daytona, for sure. I'm not so sure yeah. about the sub, but definitely easier than the Daytona. But, yeah, that... That's another thing that Rolex does that I think is pretty okay. But honestly, might just go for the uh, Oyster Quartz. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Oyster. This is too loud, the Sky Dweller, in my opinion. I like I like this like the subtleness of the Oyster Perpetual. Yeah. Which I think we're both kind of fans of. Yeah, the Perpetual is is where it's at, in my opinion. The sub... Oh, you know what's interesting about the sub? Hmm. Is I'm on their website... And it's showing like, oh, new Submariner, uh, you know, Sea Dweller, blah, blah, blah. And it's showing you the different professional watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their picture for the sub has no date. There's no Cyclops. It's yeah. the no-date sub. Uh, yeah, I like that. Well, isn't that like the originally it didn't have a date, right? Nope. The standard one is the date one. I still can't get over how the new Submariner is bigger than the GMT Master. <laughs> like, how, like, how does that work? Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is I really like that green dial. Big fan. The the Hulk I never quite got into because the dial and the bezel like weren't like it's perfect matches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the color tone. But No, that's a good choice. I mean I didn't expect that. Yeah. I did expect your Apple Watch. You literally did not surprise me literally at all. You put it on everywhere. I, I know I wouldn't surprise you, but I, <laughs> I, but I knew, I knew you, you'd be like annoyed a little bit. <laughs> the, the news about the blood sugar, though, is interesting. Now, I guess we're sort of in the wrapping up phase of the podcast here. I have a question for you. Sure. We've been gone for two months, you know. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, maybe we should do some sort of like giveaway on reddit or instagram or something you know um yeah sort of like reward people for waiting at the same time if new people come and listen to an episode or two and realize what a fantastic podcast we're producing over here (laughs) that would be good too i don't know i'm sort of thinking of doing like a little giveaway but i don't know what we should give away yeah i don't i don't even know what I mean, it's got to be something watch-related, right? What do you... My question is, that Black Bay 58, what percentage of the time is that what is on your wrist? I, well, it's a good question because with, uh, you know, coronavirus, I don't go out that often. So, you know, I, I put it on just, you know, I've tried to put it on the weekends uh, when I don't need... When I'm not working, I don't have, like, notifications blowing up my phone from work all day. But when you do wear a watch... What percentage is that the watch that you pick up? Okay, well, so I would say 10, 20%. Whoa, what else 80, are you wearing? 90. Tell me what you're wearing. It's just I got to wear the Apple Watch because I run a lot and at work I get notifications. And so, you know, it's mostly the Apple Watch. So are we talking like a, a like a 15, 85% split between those two or something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Is there anything else in the box that you're really uh going after no i haven't worn any of my other watches for a while now okay because here was me very subtly and slowly teasing out this thing what if 
Okay. And if you disagree, maybe this doesn't need to be in the episode. What would you think yeah. about giving away the Cassie Oak if I sent you half the price of your hundred? <laughs> the Cassie Oak. Oh, that. No, that I have to keep because my wife got it for me. Oh, your wife got it for you. Okay. Yeah, okay, remember okay, she, yeah. she found it in Hawaii? All right. Well, you know, I saw there's some Cassie Oaks that are a little bumped up in price, but not too crazy on eBay. I don't know. Maybe we could give yeah, away a Cassie Oak or something. Um, I can split with you if you want to buy one, a new one to give away, but I just can't give that one away. Right. It was from your wife. I forgot that part of the story. Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. You cannot give away a wife uh, watch that your wife gave you. Yeah, that, she would not be happy. That would be insane. Um, okay. Yeah, let's let's do like I feel like a Cassioke is a a darn like yeah. generous and good giveaway, but also yeah. a lot of people would be into that. Um, yeah, and it's not that expensive like for us to come out of our own pocket with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do you just want and to lock so many it different in colors. that it will be a Cassioke? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, we're going to lock it in. It's going to be a Cassioke. I'm not sure how we're going to do the giveaway. Um, I'm going to have to come up with something. Um, yeah, you come up with something. I would, you know, we started on Reddit. So my initial did, thought yeah. would be to do a giveaway on Reddit. Um, but I've never seen a giveaway happen on Reddit. Like, I wouldn't know how that would happen. But Well, that's the thing is generally it doesn't happen because uh, <laughs> the mods are like really like no power hungry control freaks about like literally a free platform that they make no money on and like why are you being so butthurt so the other problem with reddit that i'm just and this you know you probably have to cut this out of the podcast but it's like you, you, you do giveaways what's the end goal to get listeners or subscribers or followers but on reddit what what's that it, it like comments like what like what are you gonna get upvotes uh i don't know i was thinking like oh maybe they have to uh, take a screenshot of them running our podcast in their podcast app or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to verify, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we're going to be able to verify much in any of the yeah. ways that I would normally do a giveaway. <laughs> uh, I, you should do uh, followers on Instagram. You want to do the like Instagram comment and route? follow. Yeah, because in that way, you can solidly get something for the giveaway. You know, you get something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already have, like, such wonderful and interactive followers. I don't even know if we need more followers. But at the same time, I do feel like we make some pretty sweet episodes that people could uh, enjoy listening to. So, yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Okay, maybe it's an Instagram giveaway. Um, we'll have to see. But I'll I'll have to be acquiring the Cassioke anyway, so this isn't going to be, like, immediate. But, yeah, let's... Let's do a little giveaway. We've been gone for so long. We haven't done a giveaway uh, yet. And yeah. Yeah. Could be fun. It's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Is there anything you'd like to tell the people before we sign off? Uh, no, just uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry for such a long layoff, but we'll be back at it, hopefully in short order here. Yeah, I'm planning on doing it weekly again from now on. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next week. We'll continue to discuss gears, springs, oils, watches, brands, all things watches, and watchmaking.